welcome to the Undercover Angel Podcast. Thanks for listening. Undercover Angel Podcast. Thanks again for buying the book, reading the book, listening to the podcast, and learning what you are or gathering what you are from this. I hope that you're learning a lot uh, a lot from this process or a lot from taking in this this project. And this podcast, again, it's kind of like a bunch of footnotes. I was going to have a ton of footnotes in the book. There's only one footnote in the book. I was going to have a ton of footnotes, but I thought it would be fun to have a, an associated podcast. So we covered the pool. I was good at swimming, even though I wasn't good at swimming. I dove off the high dive to gain the attention of all of the townsfolk, etc. And it was probably an overcompensation in so many ways. And then there's this little blurb I wrote on growing up, and the summers would go on forever, it seemed, and I thought that they lasted a year, like one year for school and then one year for summer. Innocence bends time and space. And, and that, was, that was what innocence was. I literally thought that summer lasted a year and that school lasted a year. And that we had one year for school and then one year for summer. And it was year, year in, year out, year on, year off, year on, year off. That's how beautiful being a child can be. And so I didn't want to overstep any of the magic, any of the wonder, any of the beauty, any of the privilege. I grew up in one of the most privileged places in the entire world. I get that. I still managed to mess it up profoundly. But Glen Ellen was a magical place. The 4th of July's in Glen Ellen, Illinois were magical. We would go to the fireworks, and then we would come home from the fireworks, and then we would have the fireworks at the neighbor's house on the 4th of July that happened after the, right, the real fireworks, and we had the backyard fireworks. And, and just looking back, all of these adults who were raising us, they were just people. We didn't know this. They were just people, like... Most guys like to blow off fireworks, right? So excuse the background noise, um, as I've said before. And we'll probably say again, but uh, they're, they're doing some sort of tree trimming project next door. But the, the wonder of being a child, the magic of being a child, I remember thinking very clearly when I was like seven, eight, nine years old, like I'm never going to grow up. And anyone who knows me knows that there's a part of me that certainly has not grown up. There is certainly a... Peter Pan element uh, to how I relate to things, but I try to keep it healthy now as opposed to as opposed to avoidant. But it was magic back then in the 80s. You know, we had snow cones and we had push-up push pops and flavor ices and the snack bar and the amazing buttery, salty popcorn that you get at the snack bar. And I remember it was 25 cents and you got this big cone. It was like a cone of popcorn. And I remember having my little crushes and I remember, you know, not being afraid. Like I I mentioned about how people picked on me. There's an emphasis on trauma bonding, which again is when a victim, a, a perpetrator perpetrates on his victim or her victim. That's called, that's what is referred to as trauma bonding. But there was also this part of me that was tough as nails, that would like fight anybody. Like I wouldn't fight the older kids, but I would, I would fight a lot of people my age, not like really fight, but wrestle. And I was 
really scrappy in a lot of ways. It wasn't until later on when I remained small and everybody else grew that that really started to take a toll on me being small. But in so many ways, I was just this normal little kid. In so many ways, this was so normal. My childhood was so normal. But as it says, everything made me so mad. And underneath all of the madness was nothing but sadness. So I made up my own little world, a safe little place I could go when the going got weird. And it, it was, there was this beautiful childhood that seemed to have been cursed in a lot of ways. Because when I went into the fit, when the anger took over and I lost all control, I would collapse. I would collapse in ruin. But there was also this beautiful imaginative side that I had. There's, there was also this typical American child in the 1980s. And that was the side that most people saw. Like most of my schoolmates just saw that side. They never saw the, the craziness that happened behind the scenes. They didn't see the, the things that happened in the, in the home I grew up in. They only saw the, you know, the laughing, smiling, joking around little kid. What it said, what I, how I, how I stated it, king of class clown, king of class clowns tormenting my teachers. Being a class clown, by the way, is a form of control because when you are class clowning, you are basically in charge of the entire world. So, side note, I learned that in one of the recovery programs. But uh, so is practical joking. Practical joking is a, it's like a, a, a way for a control freak to be in control is by playing practical jokes on others. I didn't know that until somewhat recently. Think about that if you're a practical joker. Anyway, so again, the summers would go on forever, it seemed. So much of this was so magical. But underneath mad, I was sad. Underneath all of the madness was nothing but sadness. And here I am, 45 years later, still making sense of it all, or at least 40 years later, still making sense of it all. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.